I'm Ron Gitter, and this is Truth Be Told. So there's a, a loan document that I personally find very annoying. It's called the pre-approval letter. I guess the reason it bothers me is that I have the same conversation with potential clients many, many times each year. The conversation goes something like this. I'll get a phone call and someone will be buying a co-op or a condo and they'll say to me, I've been pre-approved for a loan, so uh, there shouldn't be any problem uh, buying the apartment. And there's sort of a standard conversation that takes place after that point that I'll come back to. But let's talk about the pre-approval letter for a second. When someone is going to buy an apartment, the brokers encourage the buyer to contact a mortgage broker or a bank, usually somebody that the broker works with often and has a track record, to qualify the buyer for the purchase of this particular apartment, both as to the amount of the mortgage, the buyer's income and assets, and any other issues that might be interesting to a lender. The broker wants that information so that when the broker makes the offer to the other side, they can present the buyer as having been pre-approved by a lender. So the buyer then contacts the mortgage broker. The mortgage broker interviews the buyer and then requests a number of documents to qualify the buyer for the amount of the loan that the buyer is seeking. Now, once the buyer has obtained the pre-approval letter, uh, most of the time the buyer, particularly the first-time buyer, is under the impression that basically their financing has been obtained and now all they have to do is find an apartment. And this is where the trouble begins. So going back to my original conversation, the buyer will contact me and say, hey, I've, you know, I've gotten this pre-approval letter, so I'm basically I'm good to go. And I have to go through the drill of explaining that there's a key piece in the loan approval process that the salesperson who has pre-approved the borrower at the bank or through a mortgage broker has not really explained very carefully. And that's the idea that in the world we live in today, not only does the borrower have to be approved by the bank, but the co-op or condo has to be approved. Now, what exactly does that mean? Well, there are all kinds of regulations, particularly in light of what happened in 2008 in the banking industry. And the underwriting department of a bank will look very carefully at the finances of the co-op or condo. There are a number of items that have to be reviewed by the co-op or condo review committee. And that approval, that review, is a condition on the ultimate commitment letter that the borrower will receive. So what happens is the buyer begins negotiating a contract. Hopefully the buyer can obtain a mortgage contingency in that contract. That's another conversation for another time. 
And then assuming that the buyer can obtain a mortgage contingency, the contract will get negotiated and signed. And then the buyer will have usually 30 or 45 days to obtain a commitment. And this is after the pre-approval letter has been secured by the buyer. So the buyer then puts in the complete loan application, which is a big undertaking, consisting of many bank forms, plus all of the borrower's personal financial information, tax returns, bank statements, brokerage statements, rental histories, ownership histories, and then all of that information goes into the lending underwriter meat grinder. And it takes a month or so to get that pile of documents processed by the bank. Now, when the bank finally issues the coveted loan commitment, there can be many, many conditions on that commitment that have to be satisfied by the borrower, including a condition that requires the co-op or condo to meet certain standards. So many times the uh, borrower finds himself or herself in a situation where even though they are unqualifiedly approved for the loan, the bank may have significant res reservations about lending money in this particular co-op or condo. And this can create enormous problems for everybody involved in the transaction. The bank, as a general rule, doesn't realize whether or not it has a problem with the co-op or condo for weeks into the underwriting process. So you can see how this can get very complicated. The buyer who is under the impression that they're approved for a loan finds out 45 days after the contract is signed, when the commitment is issued, that the bank is first going to review the finances of the co-op or condo. Now, sometimes when you're dealing with experienced lenders and mortgage brokers, they will accelerate that process and make sure that the co-op or condo is either on a bank's approved list or they've obtained the documents early on in the process to give the lender comfort that the co-op or condo will be approved by the bank. This approval process by the lender varies from bank to bank. It starts to take on different levels of complexity depending upon who the borrower goes to for the loan. So, for example, if you're not dealing with one of the main lenders in the marketplace, such as Citi or Chase or Wells Fargo, and you're dealing with an out-of-state bank or an internet lender, the approval of the co-op or condo can become draconian, particularly if a lender is not familiar with the New York marketplace. I mention all this because over and over again, lenders fail to disclose to the buyer that getting a mortgage in today's world is just not what it used to be. And depending upon the finances of the co-op or condo, the size of the building, the number of units that are rented, the insurance coverages maintained, ongoing material litigation, problems with the developer, any one of these issues may put the brakes on the bank's willingness to make the loan. So with that in mind, the borrower is well advised to look beyond the pre-approval letter 
and investigate the co-op or condo to ensure that the building is as qualified financially for the transaction as the borrower is. That's all I have on this for the moment.